You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Northfield Radio Program. As always, I'm just super excited that you're here with us. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to this program. Um, Also, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee. Have you tried Outpost Coffee? Seriously, if you have not tried Outpost Coffee, you need to get down there and get your hands on some of this caffeine. Will absolutely blow your mind. Check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com. How many of you guys have ever been in a slump? Ever been in a moment where you're just like, golly, I cannot catch a break. I don't feel like the world is even interested in who I am. And I I just feel completely alone. Well, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that feel that way. And and it's coming up into this season, the, the holiday season, a lot of people begin to feel that that weight on their shoulders. And I want you to know that you're not alone. That there's a lot of people who feel just like you. And you shouldn't feel shame. You shouldn't feel anything other than, I'm not alone in this. God's right in the midst of your pain and in your sorrow and in your anxiety. And I know that there's anxiety all around us. And I know that that is something that is pressing in on us from all sides. And so I want to take a few minutes today and I want to talk about this idea of anxiety and talk about just the slump of life and and answer it from a biblical perspective. I want to talk from a biblical worldview and see what we can do, what's our direction, where do we go when it comes to this idea of anxiety and and, and depression and, and sadness. And so I want to go to um, the place I believe has all of the answers, which is God's Word. If you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know that that's where we go. We go go to God's Word for what we need, uh, the the answers that we need. And I want to look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 sort of kind of has this anthem. It's part of the... The Sermon on the Mount, it's sort of kind of in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, on the Mount, and there's just this this big anthem from our Heavenly Father, and He says that we shouldn't be anxious for anything. Um, it's in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6, it says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor your body, what you will put on it. Is life more than food? Is the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Guys, This is what we need to be focused on. I want us to look at this. We're going to unpack this text. And we're going to unpack the idea of, you know, being in the slump of life. And and how we can overcome that. And it says, therefore, I mean, so this is a declarative statement because there were some other things that were taken uh, up earlier in the text. 
And Jesus tells us that we shouldn't lay our treasures in any other place than heaven. He says, lay up your treasures in heaven earlier up in the text. And uh, verse 19 is where he talks about that. So he's talking about this idea of, listen, where we live, it's not eternal. Yes, it feels like it's been a long time that you've been on the earth. I'm 40 years old. I'll be 41 in a couple months. And yes, I, I feel like I've been here a long time, but 41 years is not that long. And in the scope of eternity, it's not that long. And, and Jesus says, don't don't strive and hustle to leave or to, to lay up your treasures here on earth, but rather I want you to put your treasures in heaven where you're going to be with me for eternity. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves can steal. But... Lay yourself up treasures in heaven. So as a result of that, he says, okay, as a result of all of this, you're an eternal being. Don't be anxious about this life. Don't be anxious about what's coming. Don't be anxious about anything. I mean, because this is what we do as human beings. We wring our hands in distress and worry. We're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can, I can get where I need to be. What do I do? Anybody else had that same exact type of feeling? Anyone else had the same type of just, oh, what do I do with my life? I, I, the, there's, there's too many bills at the end of the month and not enough paycheck. Uh, my job is not that great. Or, or maybe you're stuck in a job that, that uh, you know, is financially awesome, but you hate it. And there's all these things that go on in our minds. So Jesus says, therefore... Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about your life. And and then he ends up, he continues going on. He goes, which of you, in verse 27, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? Think about that. The things that we wring our hands, I'm, you can't see it because it's on the radio, but I'm physically wringing my hands. I mean, how many of you guys have ever just wrung your hands and you're sitting in your house and you're sitting in your couch or you're walking through your kitchen, you're wringing your hands and you're thinking, how can we do this? What can we do? How can we make it? How are we going to make it? How are we, like, and we, maybe you have a fight with your spouse. How, how are we going to make it? I don't know how we're going to make it. And this back and forth, Jesus says, how can you how can you, by being anxious, add a single hour to your life? You have a designated time frame that you're here. Make the most of it. Because why are you anxious about these things? Why are you anxious about food? Why are you anxious about clothing? Why? And then he says in verse 30, I love this. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Guys, I'm I'm sitting in the midst of this, and I'm telling you, I feel the weight of this text. Because I don't sometimes have the faith it takes to, to follow through and and do what God's called me to do. I, I, I struggle with things, because I'm, I am sinful, I am... A human being and I do fall short and I'm I get bogged down with the stuff of the world I mean I get worried just like everybody else I get nervous and I this is why anchoring ourselves anchoring ourselves to God's Word <clears throat> is such a vital vital thing we have to we have to anchor ourselves to what God has for us we have to pay attention to what God 
has for us. And the, the end of Matthew 6 there in verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So how do we do that? Well, prayer. Prayer is how we find and seek God. And he said, well, how, do we, how are we supposed to pray? Well, up earlier in the text, Jesus gives us an example. And I know sometimes we, we, we put this prayer on a pedestal as some sort of a magic potion or magic prayer. And it's not. It's just sort of kind of a formula of how we should pray to our Father. And I, I want to run through this text and just talk about that because I think it's such a such a good such a good text. And everybody, if you hear this, you'll know it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you of your trespasses. So, I want us to see this text. Our Father, which art in heaven. So, look at this idea. Our Father. When you're praying, address Him as who He is. He's your Father. He loves you. He cares for you. He delights in you. According to Ephesians chapter 1, He says that God delights in us. How beautiful is that that God delights in us? Our Father, our Heavenly Father is here for us. This is how we pray. We approach Him as father and how do you and here's the thing i know that some of us have really bad father examples and, and we the idea of god as father sort of kind of freaks us out and we're like nah, yeah i don't know about that caleb that sounds a little much for me and i get it but i want you to understand that he's the perfect father he is not a limited or sinful or fallen father like fathers on earth he is the perfect father. He is the father who is has all authority, all power, all might. He is it. The as Ronald Reagan used to say, the buck stops with him. The final authority, and he's your father who absolutely adores you. And if your heavenly father adores you, why in the world are you not wanting to come to him? Because and I heard this. Um, we, we shared a video with our students, oh, this last week, and one of the things that, that the speaker said that was that the enemy, more than anything, wants to shackle us up from praying because a praying people is a dangerous people when it comes to the kingdom of God. When it comes to spiritual warfare, a praying people is the most dangerous thing that the enemy has and he would do anything that's the one thing that the enemy is doing is hampering god's children from sharing in prayer with their heavenly father so don't run from this like jump in on this 
our Heavenly Father, who is in heaven. He's in heaven. He's over all things. Not like, yes, he's in heaven, but this when you, when you read the text, he's over all things. And just hallowed, reverent, glory is your name. Hallowed be your name. Like when you come to him, understand he's your father. He loves you. And then just take some time to worship him as you begin your prayer life. We did a, a, a prayer study uh, at my church and we talked about the idea of when you come to God, when you sit down before him, just worship him as you start your prayer time out. Just, oh, great heavenly father, how amazing and beautiful are you for who you are. Thank you. This is where you begin to thank him for what he's done for you. Thank you that you've given me life. Thank you that I'm able to to breathe. Thank you that I'm able to speak. Thank you that I live in a place where I'm free to, to worship you. Thank you, Jesus, that I have a house, that I have a family, that I have a car. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my kids. And just begin to thank him and then just name off attributes of who he is. God, you're amazing. You're holy. You're beautiful. You're glorious. And Father, you deserve my worship. And Father, I want to worship you because you are holy and you are amazing. You're perfect and you are God. So I want to worship you and I want to follow you and I want to know you. That's how we start this. Our Father who is in heaven, just hallowed. How beautiful is your name. Father, your kingdom, may it come. May your will be done in my life. Remember, Jesus even prayed this. He said, Father, not my will but yours be done. And guys, this is this is vital. This is super important that we we pray in such a way to say God, I want to I want to follow your will. I want your will to be done. Not just on earth but in heaven. I want everything to be done to make you happy. I want to please you. And then you get into verse 11 there and you start to unpack your needs. You're going to have some needs. Father, Father, please give us this day our daily bread. I, I, this is where we begin to unpack what we need, what we want. I mean, I, I even heard a guy say that we should even ask God for what we want. and Because it, we're his children. Your kids ask for things that they want. And guess what? Yes, it annoys you to some degree. But here's the thing. It doesn't annoy God that you ask for things because he already knows what you need and already knows what you want. He's wanting to have communion with you. He's wanting to have fellowship with you. He's wanting to hear from you because he delights in you. So start a prayer journal. Have a prayer journal where you're writing out things that say things like, I, I want to know who you are, God. And then begin to list off the things that you need the things that you want. And then there's a, a really big aspect in this prayer that I think we overlook. And we just and we, we brush past it, but it says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Listen to there's a there's a key to God's forgiveness. There is a caveat here for God's forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So if you come to God saying, God, I ask you forgive me and cleanse me of my unrighteousness, but you're holding on to bitterness and anger towards somebody else, guess what? Later on in the text it says, 
For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. So I want you to think about this. If you come to God asking for forgiveness, but you are holding on to bitterness and anger and pride and just, oh, you've got an angry heart, guess what? God will not forgive you. So you've got to forgive before you can be forgiven. You can't hold on to some grudge that you and your spouse or you and a best friend had and then expect to hear from God and expect God to give you and grant you forgiveness because he will not. God will grant you forgiveness when you forgive those around you and just live in such a state of just keeping short accounts. My dad says keep short accounts. So if you if you keep short accounts with um, people and you, and you don't hold on to long lists of grudges, then God can forgive you. And then look at this. This is another thing. Just don't lead us. God, help us not to be led into temptation. Keep us away from temptation. And I've, and I've talked about this on the show before, but I used to listen to a guy when I was a kid named Bill Gothard. And not all of his stuff. I, I don't like all of his stuff, but I like a lot of his stuff. Um, one of the things he says... Um, is this build bridges over the pitfalls that Satan is going to dig for me tomorrow. And the other thing he says is, Father, take back the ground that I have forfeited to the enemy. I remember writing that down in my journal when I was in, in, at one of his conferences. He said, Father, take back the ground that I have forfeited to the enemy. Like, we forfeit ground to the enemy all the time in so many different ways. And this is where we can just, as we pray this out, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, I pray that you build a bridge over the pitfalls that Satan is trying to dig for me today. I pray that you build a hedge of protection around myself, around my family, and that I would be safe and secure in your arms. And Father, I pray that you'd take back that ground that, I, that I've already handed over to the enemy. I, I know yesterday I handed a ton of ground to the enemy. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would take back the ground that I've forfeited over to the enemy and that you'd take it back. And guess what? There's no, there's not a contention between, there's not a big epic, you know, we have the, these movies where there's the good guy versus the bad guy. And we, you know, we think of that idea with God and Satan. No. God just shows up and says, mine, and Satan doesn't have any fight. Satan doesn't have any, like, any ability to, to stop him. There's no, well, I can, I can do what I need to do to, uh, to stop you, God. No, the enemy has no power against our Heavenly Father. He is the one with all the authority and all the power. He is the one. He is the one that we... No, he's the one that we need. He's the one who has everything for us. So we go back to verse 25. Therefore, because of how powerful and beautiful and great our God is, do not be anxious for your life. Don't be anxious about what's going on in your life. Don't worry. Don't stress. It's all okay. God has this in control. 
It's all under his control and we don't have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to, I don't have to worry about my job. I don't have to worry about these things. Why? Because God has me where he wants me and he does everything. Just, just trust in him. Put your hope, put your faith, put your trust in Jesus Christ alone. And when you put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ alone, all of these things, what, what does it say there in verse 33? When you seek Christ's kingdom, when you seek God's kingdom first, you don't have to live in a slump. You don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live in depression. You don't have to live in, how am I going to make it? You don't have to wring your hands and worry. Why? Because you're seeking God's kingdom, which is eternal. God's like You're a kingdom kid. You're a citizen of a kingdom, and you shouldn't have to worry about this life. You're a citizen of the kingdom, and when you seek that kingdom of God and seek it first in his righteousness, all of these things will be added. So I want to challenge us together. Let's make the rest of this year just a time where we reflect in our... Like we get out pens and papers, and we start writing down things about God. Like, write out what God... What you want God to do in your life. Write out where you want to be in the next six months. Start writing those things. Matt Chandler called it, pray what you've got. So pray what you've got and see where God takes you from there. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you love us, that you've given us everything that we're ever going to need. Protect us and shield us from the enemy who wants to destroy us. Father, I pray that you would take back ground that we forfeited over the enemy today. And Father, I ask that you would also build bridges over the pitfalls that Satan has dug for us. And that we would pursue and begin to walk over those pitfalls in victory for your glory and for your name. We pray all this. Amen. Love you guys. Have an incredible, incredible week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.